Mr. Speaker. Morena, kia welcome to the Radio 1 Politics, a political Radio 1, Dago Museum, breakfast show, politics time, 2018, <laughs> it's the last time, the last time for the year, oh, I think, uh, whatever deity you uh, you pray to for that, uh, no, welcome uh, John, uh, Dr Phil Ferguson and Emi Rakati, Morena to you all, how are we all today, starting with you John, how are you John? Oh, good, yes, yep, yep Phil? Am. Beautiful day. Emmy, how are you? Uh, suffering because I live on Earth, but other than that, pretty good. <laughs> oh, the the one the down the downside to this job, uh, which is also an upside in uh, life, is the fact that I get up so early and I have to have my wits about me that I never drink during the week anymore, and I do miss it. Um, but uh, I also like to get paid, so you know. Swings roundabouts, really, uh, in all reality. Right, we're going to talk about 2018 um, political highlights of the year um, through Aotearoa and on the international scene. We're going to ask you a lot uh, what you think were the, the highlights, the lowlights, the best, the worst performing people, uh, all that kind of jazz. And as we always do, let's start off with John. Um, what what was your main highlight or a couple of your highlights? And give us a wee spirit or just a wee mm. one because a lot, mm. lot, of, lot to get through. I think I Overall, that that politics is back on the agenda again. You know, politics isn't just boring and dead, and all political parties are, are pushing out the same message. And there's very little dynamism in society. That there's lots of conflict now, and there's and there's heightened expectations of what governments should do. And I think one particular area that that's evident is the fact that unions and strikes are cool again in New Zealand. And this is after a period where um, I, I'd say a large majority of people under 25 wouldn't even know what a union was. I remember talking to my nephew a few years ago, uh, 19 at the time, he didn't have a clue what a union was. Mm -hmm. Never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, hadn't been taught it in school. And uh, yeah, the, the, the presence of industrial action was almost non-existent. Um, whereas this year, under this new Labour government, Labour coalition government, we've seen strike after strike. And certainly they're not at the levels that they were in the 1970s, but for the, the low union density rate, uh, it, it's surprising how much industrial action is happening. And it's interesting that it's happening more in the public sector and amongst relatively well-paid workers than your traditional so-called blue-collar workers, where, where you would have seen the most levels of industrial discontent in the uh, 70s and early 80s. Now, there aren't, there aren't many blue-collar workers yeah. around anymore. Well, you know, there's not many stevedores left, uh, you know, uh, freezing workers, especially down here in Dunedin, and we don't even have a works anymore. I mean, no. we've got offshoots of works like Fish and Meat, and uh, I think I think the AFCO plant may still be open. I'm not quite sure. As a former freezing worker yeah. for many years myself, uh, and a good union man while I was at the freezing works, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's not the same. My father worked at Waitaki Meats. My father was on the picket line for years through the 80s. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, well, yeah. And I think well, well, one thing is that we're seeing that the, the, the use of the category, social category working class, uh, is, is seen as legitimate again 
in ways I remember, like going to university in the early 90s, the general thesis was there is no working class in mm -hmm. the, our post-industrial society. People don't see themselves as workers anymore. And uh, even if there was a working class, it's an archaic uh, category now that has no relevance to the modern world. And, uh, you know, and the idea with identity mm -hmm. politics that people increasingly identify on uh, with using other categories um, related to gender, sexuality, ethnicity, nationality, etc., etc., where it seems now in Western countries, particularly, and in New Zealand, that that, that category of the working class has been sort of has been reused, and that's due to real material circumstances where you've got um, huge levels of inequality, and people are using traditional left-wing ideas mm -hmm. uh, to sort of try and understand why we've got such extraordinary levels of inequality in a very rich country. All right, all right. Uh, I said short, John. Um, <laughs> Phil, Phil, how about you? Well, in, in New Zealand, the highlight would be an increase of industrial activity. Um, I'm probably not quite as optimistic as John about where it's, where it's going. Um, I tend to think, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer. Um, hopefully it will continue. Um, but, it, I mean, it's still quite low compared to, you know, when I was all those many years ago when I was young um, and the low light would be that um, this government has a lot of money at its disposal and yet at budget time they never increase social welfare benefits mm. so you know we had the mother of, of all budgets and those massive cuts in the, at the start of the 90s they've never been reversed the only government that actually increased social welfare in the last 45 years was John Key's government um, I mean, National had, had cut it and they didn't make it back up to the cuts. But, you know, Labour is clearly, you know, there's a deserving poor, and there's an undeserving poor, and the undeserving poor can go and get screwed. Uh, deserving poor have kids, uh, yeah. like me. Yeah. Uh, so, good, that's a highlight for me. Emi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you? I reckon um, for me, I'm going to bring it down a bit in scale. I think my highlight was um, those Canadian race scientists stepping out of some 1700s almanac on um, craniometry and coming to Auckland expecting a warm welcoming mm. and just getting owned from the moment they stepped off the plane until they had to slink back to the airport and leave the country. Um, just being ridiculed in public, huge public demonstration calling them morons, Prime Minister made fun of them, and now they're millions of dollars in debt. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> Are they million dollars in debt? Oh, I'm sure uh, there'll be uh, the Koch brothers or somebody will help them uh, <laughs> get some of their cash back. Um, that was interesting. Like, I mean, there was a lot of identity politics um, going on this year. There were some big stories, uh, and that mm. definitely was was one of the biggest and and and, and, and a quite a contentious issue too. Uh, free speech. Um, so um, yeah, that was a big big story. Mm. Um, what about on the international scene? John? Okay, I, I would say my highlight has been this continued new radical zeitgeist. So uh, in terms of the, there being a new radical zeitgeist, that again, that, that sort of bland centrist politics isn't, isn't the mainstream politics anymore. That, that um, politics uh, based on, uh, on various ideas and categories have become very polarised. And there's lots of dangerous aspects with that uh, and scary aspects, but mm. nonetheless, on both the, on the right 
and on the left there's a new energised uh, radicalism. So we're seeing that on the political right we're seeing like a, we've got almost like a semi-fascist government in Italy now uh, with two populist parties uh, leading the government uh, very nationalist and very anti-immigrant uh, the, the popular front Marie Le Pen's party in France has done better than it's ever done in its history um, uh, we've uh, obviously the Trump presidency um, is, is pushing uh, 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 continues to push a radical populist nativist agenda and then on the left we've got a, a new energised left which strangely is, is being projected through mainstream parties so whether that's the, the Labour Party in Britain with Jeremy Corbyn uh, the Democrats with this there's this minority but nonetheless significant layer of people who identify as socialists and want to turn the Democratic Party into a working class party so that's that's my highlight that 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 politics has got radical again it's yeah. not necessarily a good thing but it makes things a lot more interesting um, Phil oh, well, I just just quickly one of my highlights was the three shows you didn't mention the word zeitgeist um, <laughs> <laughs> very good very good <laughs> so I can't help myself uh, well, um, my my international highlights, yeah, apart from the absence of zeitgeist, um, would be the uh, yellow vests in France, um, which is a sign of of um, things new, you know, and mm. that they have kept going. You know, they forced concessions from the government, and I think there's a lesson there for workers in New Zealand. You know, cap in hand gets kick and teeth, and um, militancy actually will win, you know, can win you gains. Um, and my other highlights was that there has been, we never ever hear about it in New Zealand, but there's been some significant struggles by workers in the Caribbean, um, banana plantation workers and, and others, um, and that have gone on for weeks and weeks and have brought concessions from governments there as well. And my final highlight internationally would be that there were two referendums in yes. the south of Ireland this I'm year. I'm with you on this one, this is my yeah, highlight. Yeah, and both of them showed, as did the um, referendum about three or four years ago on same-sex marriage, that there's now basically a two-to-one division in Southern Irish society between people who have progressive social outlooks and people who have reactionary ones. So this year we had the referendum on the Eighth Amendment to the um, Southern Constitution, which is the ban on abortion, and there was a two-to-one vote to end that ban, mm -hmm. which passed in 1983 on a two-to-one support. Yeah. So there's been an absolute a reversal yeah. you know, yeah. over um, 35 years. So now, that for the first time ever, there's going to be legal abortion, um, legal um, access to legal abortion in the south of Ireland. And then just a couple of weeks ago, there was the blasphemy referendum, and again, two to one to remove blasphemy from... We the, didn't the hear that, did we? Yeah, from the Constitution, and so now you can blaspheme in Ireland. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, and um, it's okay. <laughs> 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 my low light would be pretty much anything that the American government... Oh. Oh, my low light's on Sun Chun Chi, really, actually, to be honest. Oh, right. Yeah, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And what's been going on in Myanmar. Yeah. Um, Emmy? I think my highlight um, would probably be the Korean peace process. Um, mm. and the steps towards the reunification of Korea. Um, not just because I think that um, 
a period of reform and opening up would be a good thing for the Democratic People's Republic of Korea and for the Republic of Korea. Um, but because I think also it shows that um, U.S. imperialism isn't the strong thing that it used to be anymore. And this kind of strongman act that we've been getting from the American state lately, I think is, is really trying to cover up for this kind of weakness that is emerging. So I'm really optimistic for the reunification of Korea, mm-hmm. but I'm also really optimistic for the impending collapse of the American global empire. Empires come and go, don't they? Yeah. They do. <laughs> yeah, they, they all do. They all have their time and then they fall away. And um, yeah, we are kind of seeing the end. I think we've been seeing the end for quite some time with the States. Um, so it is um, kind of exciting. But also, what comes next is, is the other hoop because mm-hmm. it is always a big player uh, and there's one more to come. Um, all right. Um, I guess we'll we'll look quickly at some of the the performing performances of the year um, through politicians and some other highlights that you may have. Yeah, I say uh, in terms of uh, best performing politicians, uh, I'd have to say Jacinda Ardern. Uh, I think she's uh, proved herself to be an astute politician uh, who's um, who's been able to uh, maintain that momentum of popular support for Labour, especially popular support for herself. She's also projected herself on the international arena. Mm-hmm. It's become a bit of a star on the international arena. Um, one could argue that we, we haven't got the transformative government that Jacinda Ardern and her colleagues promise, but uh, nonetheless, they, they, they have pushed uh, a reform agenda that is real, uh, whether it's in relation to um, marijuana reform, industrial relations reform, uh, um, um, whether it's in yeah, uh, relation um, abortion reform is on the agenda, etc., etc. So, yeah, I think it's no, it's not a radical transformative government at all. In, in, in many ways, uh, uh, the government uh, has sold out some of its uh, base, um, but nonetheless, it's uh, it, it, it's it's a government that that's um, pushing forward new ideas. Worst performing politician, I'd have to say, is Simon Bridges, and uh, despite the fact that national. <laughs> National is uh, well in the last poll was was 46. still the most popular party. Mm. However, internal Labour polling, which has been leaked uh, repeatedly, shows that possibly uh, National is way behind um, Labour. So it'll be interesting to see future That's polls. Labour polling, though, who knows? Yes. You know, accidentally yes. leaked by Jacinda. Uh, but nonetheless, with National so popular and its and its leader so unpopular, that does point to a fault on Simon Bridges' part that he just can't. Uh, he can't capture that, that general popular support from the National Party mm. in terms of his own personal support. Yeah, so we went from Teflon John to some kind of old iron pan. <laughs> uh, it hasn't quite worked out well. Um, Phil? Um, yeah, I guess the problem facing National is that they're still very popular, but they're, you know, they saddled with this unpopular leader, whether he can change that or whether they'll get someone new there's not an obvious successor yeah um i mean maybe judith collins wants to be leader of the national party but i think that would be a hard pill for a lot of other people in the national party to swallow and she's probably doesn't really suit the mood in the country at the time at this time yeah i mean the only thing yeah they've got to find someone or they've got to make their policies work uh, and be attractive to the nation but we are stuck in this realm of um, um, popular politics. So whoever's you know the nicest person at the top and people resonate with, instead of the policies that yeah. might be best for them. And so I think there is on the day. I think there is still quite a level of vacuousness in, in politics, 
and Jacinda Ardern does kind of represent that because there's not really a lot of substance to her, but she's lucky there was three national governments and you know that, that's about as long as the New Zealand public can tolerate any party being in government. That's true. And she's got this, you know, Egypt who's the, <laughs> the head of the <laughs> national party. Um, yeah, so she hasn't got a lot of opposition. Um, how about you, Emmy? Um, I think because I uphold the immortal revolutionary science of Marxism Leninism, I'm finding it really hard to have any yeah. words of praise for yeah. these bourgeois politicians, yeah. Yes. Yeah. or at least any non-poisoned ones. So I'm going to say that the best calling politician of 2018 has to have been Jamie Lee Ross. Yeah. Um, he managed to, um, in a week when we found out that the New Zealand military had been murdering children in Afghanistan again, mm -hmm. um, Jamie Lee Ross managed to take that entire news cycle and make it about him. So, yeah, I think he did a really good job doing what he's meant to do, which is take our eyes off of the actual really important issues so that we can all talk about one extremely boring man's fight with his boss. Yeah. Um, I wish that I could get that level of national attention on um, my workplace arguments, but um, unfortunately, nobody responds to my press releases. Uh, I will. Send them to me. <laughs> oh, you're on the list, dude. Yeah, yeah. Am I? I haven't seen anything. Um, sorry. Um, mine, just quickly, um, just cause, and I just thought of it then, because I've had no time to do anything this morning other than try to make a Christmas album, um, is Winston Peters, just because the sky didn't fall. <laughs> He's got two years to go. Yeah, I know. Might it's be. great. But I just want just a quick comment on, on yours, John. Uh, mm -hmm. We're only one year in. Uh, let's just wait for this million dollars a day committee's um, to finish their work. Mm. At least this government's getting experts in the fields in to try to make a difference instead of doing it themselves when they've none of them have worked in the fields that they're fucking in charge of anyway. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Right, um, what about um, 2019? What are you most looking forward to? Or what do would you like um, to see, I guess? I'm looking forward to Judith Collins becoming the national Ooh. leader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Suddenly, <laughs> so the, yes, the opposition will get a lot more interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't think Simon Bridges can continue on as leader with polling so low and with, yeah, handling <coughs> crises of the way that he has, say, with the Jamie Lee Ross affair. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to Judith Collins. And um, I, I expect that there will be a continued wave of strikes in New Zealand and possibly uh, more radical protests, uh, especially with the example in France with the yellow vest now being a model for people throughout the West, that you can actually put pressure on a, on a Western government and, and get some goodies from them. And uh, that idea mm. has been absent for a long time now. Well, I mean, the 1%. Uh, oh, I guess they didn't get anything. Um, John, oh, sorry, Phil, God, I've done it again, I did that last week too. Um, well, hopefully the Contraception, Sterilisation and Abortion Act will be repealed um, or at least substantially amended. Um, I don't think this government is going to um, bring in abortion as a woman's right to choose, unfortunately. Um, but there will be, yeah, hopefully there will be um, significant change. On paper, that law is one of the most reactionary restrictive abortion laws in the world. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully um, there will be a situation in which um, women won't have to jump through um, the hurdles that are there at present in order to gain access to, um, to well, ideally, you know, safe, free, legal abortion. I'm in there to that. Uh, and Emmy? Uh, my prediction is that I'm going to be gunned down um, in a turf war between Judith Collins's paramilitary black shirts 
and Paula Bennett's <laughs> paramilitary leopard print shirt. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I don't want to see it happen, but it would be incredible. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I don't know if anyone uh, saw um, her on Seven Days the other week. What's her? Uh, Paula's on Seven Days. That um, Paula Bennett. Yeah, she just had the most amazing leopard print suit on. No. It was. I saw that. Oh my god! You did. It was amazing. <laughs> it was incredible. She's ah, oh, she's just outstanding. What a human like, being. I mean, uh, I guess the other thing in uh, next year. Although, are we talking about international? Oh, we're talking about whatever. It's going to be what happens around Brexit. Well, that's right. Like, we're on the countdown. There's only three months to go. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be interesting. And how is that going to change politics in Europe and what global impact it's going to have? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that the the walls are slowly moving in on Donald Trump. You know, like, yeah, I, yeah, I watch yeah. um, CNN and... Fox. Not, 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 tell the truth. not not normally. I don't normally watch it, <laughs> but I have been watching it recently. I've been watching Anderson Cooper and Chris Cuomo. I usually watch Al Jazeera actually, but um, more than New Zealand TV oh, or American TV. People but, always say. Um, but it's interesting how the yeah, the walls seem to be um, closing in on Trump, and I think we can expect him to start bouncing off those walls. Yeah, South China Sea is going to be a big one too. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Things may come to a head, uh, and there, especially um, with the ever-present uh, U.S. warships um, going okay. through those waters. So it's going to be an interesting mm -hmm. 2019. I, for one, can wait because I want my holiday to last as long as it possibly can. <laughs> so, uh, although I'd like to see you all again and talk to you again on the phone, Emmy, I would rather still just be at the beach. And uh, I can't wait. That begins tomorrow. <laughs> uh, thank you all for joining me this morning. Kilda. Kilda. Um, oh, can I just quickly put in a wee ad? Yes. Um, today, well, December the 14th, it's the 100th anniversary of the 1918 British general election, the first general election in which women could vote, the first one in which a woman could was elected to Parliament, and she was a an imprisoned, she was in jail in England, Irish revolutionary. The Irish Republican movement swept the 1918 elections. They won 73 of the 105 seats Irish seats in, in the British Parliament and they didn't go and sit there they set up their own Parliament in Ireland and declared independence um, but I'm giving a talk on that particular woman um, the imprisoned Irish revolutionary that you can't Mr. remember First. her name yeah, no, <laughs> I, I know her name very well she's one of my heroes I, I talk about her a lot Constance Markovich um, in the public library on Sunday at 2 o'clock oh fantastic so get down there on Sunday and um, yes um, I hope the, uh, that party was better than the current um, Irish pa uh, Northern Ireland party well, they in, were. In, the, in the parliament cause, uh, they were at ugh. the time but, but um, yeah that party is actually still around and it's not so hot these days uh, <laughs> Uh, well, thank you all. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank have you. a wonderful uh, break. Oh, I don't know if you guys have breaks. I'm on holiday now. Uh, but I don't know if you three do. But um, uh, have a nice, happy holidays, uh, whatever it is you do. Uh, and thank you all for being part of the show this year. It's been Thanks, Jamie. Mm, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, Cheers. And, uh, yeah, and definitely you, Ed, lately, uh, Emmy. It's been wonderful. Um,